0: of coming up here, West is gonna, not sure what he's going to do because all of a sudden his mom is walking away, And uh, but can we just welcome her, and I, I love you. I love you. So,
1: can I have a stand?
0: Yeah. Thanks for having our kids so that you can be a mom.
1: <laughs> it's <was> my pleasure.
0: <laughs> what was well, all that yelling and screaming about then when you were like, no,
1: I <laughs> <laughs> It's not that kind of sermon <laughs> I was talking about the yeah, yeah. child labor I know I did know that <laughs> well, happy Mother's Day I just um, been praying for and thinking of um, all of you this week and I know there are moms whose children are no longer here, and so um, I've been praying for you and and for those of you whose mom will be with you and you can day. And so I pray that today the peace that pastors all understanding will be with you and you can uh, find rest and peace in those wonderful memories you have of of being with your kids and with your mom. And um, today we are, we do have muffins with mom and it's for everybody. So If you have a mom somewhere on this planet, or maybe she's in heaven, please come and enjoy a muffin with us. Uh, Don't feel that your mom has to be here with you or that you have to have a mom to go there. It's Just a great time to fellowship and celebrate today uh, being that uh, Mother's Day. So, um, can I I take a minute and talk about uh, Kids Camp? Um, It's kind of, I'm going to anyway. (laughs) Um, But thank you, everyone. Summer camp is coming up in June. We have a, a four-day weekend for our youth, and then following that up with a four-day weekend for our kids. I highly recommend. <clears throat> I want to, as, as a pastor here at this church, I want to highly, highly, highly recommend that you send your children and your youth to camp. Um, I've been um, doing some studying and researching and reading some, some um, information about Generation Z. Now, we've heard a lot about the millennials, but Generation Z is those who have been born after 2000. So... 19 and, and under, is Generation Z. Here's the thing about Generation Z. They're the first generation being raised in America where being, just being a Christian is radical. When I was in high school or when I was in at middle school, a lot, being a Christian wasn't quite so radical. Now there were radical Christians and I might have been one of those um, because I wanted people to know about Jesus so I probably was considered a little bit radical. Um, But just for our kids to say I'm a Christian and I go to church is quite radical and goes against the flow of society. And I think the number one job as parents that we have is to make sure that our kids' spirits are fed and that we, because here's, here's what the word says, If they will trust in Him and acknowledge Him in all their ways, then He will direct their path. And I know that if my two boys will trust the Lord and put Him first above everything else, then everything else in their life is going to fall into line better than they could ever even have tried on their own. And so what camp does is it takes our kids and it puts them in They go to this really cool camp and there's lots of cool fun stuff to do there's a lake and a pool and they have all kinds of games and they have these really crazy youth leaders that are just crazy (laughs) but kids love it and so they they build relationships with them they love on them and then and then they take time out to really focus on the lord and to pour god's word into our kids so our kids get to be filled and be around other students who look like them, who act like them, who like the same things they like, but are kind of like this radical Christian too. And so it kind of fills them up and fuels them to go back into their community and be okay with who they are in Christ so that they can be who God is calling them to be. And I think <clears throat> camp is a big part of that. I think Sunday mornings are a big part of that. I think coming to youth on Wednesday nights and kids' ministries, all of that is, is vital to, um, to how our kids will grow and mature in their spiritual faith. Um, so I just, I just really highly recommend it. There are people in our church who are, who are leading and heading up fundraisers that don't even have kids going to camp, but they see the value in it. And so, um, don't let the cost be, um, something that holds you back. Uh, I've been here, this is our fifth or sixth year, fifth year sending kids to camp. And, um, parents have had to pay nothing more than a registration fee because (laughs) this church gives and fundraisers bring in the money. And so um, I just anticipate that being something else that happens again this year. So June 2nd, we're going to have a yard sale. Now we're not selling your stuff. You just, you can rent a space for $25 and then bring your stuff and sell it. So you kind of get to help a kid go to camp, but you also kind of get to make a little cash on your own. So we'll be having that. You can see Gene Radford to, to get your spot um, registered and paid for so that you're good to go. We're also going to have a bake sale. So in the past, we've had our um, silent auction bake sale. We're not doing that this year. We're going to have the bake sale that Saturday morning. We still need you to bake. <laughs> we still need some of those homemade goodies, um, but we're going to have them out there at the yard sale. And then whatever's left we will sell on Sunday. Um, and we're also going to do a car wash. And so that's going to help our kids um, get to camp and not break the bank because it is quite pricey. But it is so it is such it's um, an important investment. So that's that. So moving on. <laughs> um, so today is Mother's Day, and you know I try to stick with the theme of of motherhood, and you know I've talked about what my mom taught me and was able to share that with you. And so even as I was praying and preparing, I just you know I think that being a mom has has helped to shape me as a woman of God. I think that there are um, truths of the word and principles that God has laid out for us that I have put into action as a mom that has made all the difference. And so these are not principles and truths that only apply to a mom. But um, I have some momly examples (laughs) of how that has worked out in my life. And so I want to share just four of those with you. I, I probably could even as I was working on it, I had to cut some things out because I probably could have had eight or 12 things because I think a lot of who I am is a mom. Um, I wanted to be a mom. I was that little girl that always had a baby doll and was always um, drawn to the babies in the church. And when I was seven, eight years old, I begged my grandma to let me skip kids church so that I could serve with her in the nursery. And um, for, for four or five years right after Dave and I got married, I was a I worked at a child care center and I was the infant teacher. I got six weeks old to six months old. And it was my favorite and I loved it and I would still be doing that if I could. Um, I just, it was, it's, it, what's crazy is some of those little babies are graduating high school this year and <laughs> that's kind of freaking me out. But um, so that, I, I just loved kids. And when I, when my mom came into my home right after Nathan was born, just a few, Few weeks after she was he was born, the first thing she said is she scooped him up and she said, "You finally got your baby. <laughs> finally got my own baby." <laughs> so, um, so I have abs- I absolutely love being a mom. I love. Um, I'm so blessed to have the two boys that I have, and so thankful for them. And um, so, so wisdom. Uh, Pastor David talked about this a couple weeks ago on hearing, hearing the voice of the Lord. And even as he was talking, I was like, "That's my first point." <laughs> Um, but he used the whole his whole sermon to talk about that, and it was really good. And so I'm just going to touch on this a little bit. And um, you know, when you have a when you have a kid, those of you who have had children, as soon as you have, as soon as really as soon as you find out you're going to have a baby, everybody starts telling you like what you should know. Um, everybody's got advice for you, right? And so um, even even your doctor is telling you lots of things, and family, and friends, and that people who don't even know you they have things they want to tell you. And so you, so and then. The other thing I didn't realize was going to happen when I became a mom is there was going to be all this pressure to, like, do certain things, like, um, to bottle feed or not to bottle feed, to, like, I don't know, this, this sleeping pattern thing that people were trying to push on me and all of this. They, they, if, and if you don't do this thing, if you don't do these certain things, like, you're a bad mom, like, there's, like, all this pressure to, like, do certain things. And so... Um, for me, the, the really good thing was, is I already knew the basics of baby care. So I had all that figured out. I knew how to change a diaper, I knew bottle schedules, I knew, you know, cereal and baby food and all, all of these things. I, I kind of had a lot of that figured out. What I didn't have figured out was what you do with a two-month-old who's got his days and nights mixed up. And, in, and you can't get that straight. <laughs> um, and so you're trying to wake him up during the day, and he would sleep through like a tornado. Um, but at night, he, he wouldn't be left alone. And so, I, so I'm asking people, I'm, I'm, I'm searching out, how in the world do I fix this? Because I'm exhausted, I don't even like living anymore, I'm so tired, I thought this was gonna be fun, and so, um, and everybody had advice for me. There was so much advice. And what I was doing, though, is I was seeking out wisdom. I'm like, so how did you get your baby to sleep at night and not during the day? And um, some people didn't know. They're like, I don't know. They just did. <laughs> um, and some people had the same problem, and this is what they did. And some people say, suck it up because it'll change eventually. And so um, so it went through all of that and, and looking for that advice. And I even had one lady come over and gave me this book, and she told me about this schedule that if I would um every 3 hours feed him, change him, let him sleep, then wake him up at the 3 hour mark and do it all over again. And immediately I was like, dude, if he is sleeping, I am not waking him up. Like are you crazy? So, eventually we got that worked out and and we we kind of got him straight and then comes along my my second child and I thought, oh, here we go again. And Crazy above all crazies is that Gabriel was sleeping through the night by the end of the first week. Like I would lay that boy in the bassinet, and eight or ten hours later, he would wake up. And you know the same people who were trying to give me advice and help me get Nathan to sleep through the night said, oh, you can't let your newborn sleep all night. You'll starve him. <laughs> and I was like, seriously? Because I think I don't think I'm going to change it. <laughs> I think I like this. <laughs> so i had to seek i had to seek out wisdom because i I did have to make sure that i wasn't starving my newborn baby and i called my mom and and she talked me through things and i got wisdom from her and i applied that to my life and i didn't let all of these influences from all this advice um, that people wanted to give me Um, you know and even as my kids got older and we were deciding do we homeschool them? Do we put them in public school? Do we put them in a private school? And then there's like three private schools we could choose. What, what is the best for them? Um, you know, I got lots of advice of, of what, if I were a good mom, this is what I would decide. And so I had to seek out wisdom. And um, the Bible says that happy is the man who finds wisdom and gains understanding. Here's something that is totally tweetable. Wisdom is sought out, advice is given. You have to seek out wisdom, you have to go after it. You can't just throw out there um, a quick question on Facebook and expect to get an answer that's gonna help you in your situation. Because, especially on Facebook, you're gonna get about 16 different answers, and then they're gonna argue about who's right, and then they're gonna get really mean with each other and like throw out ugly faces, right? And then you have to delete the whole post because it just went way down a road you didn't think it was gonna go on. All you wanna know is should I do loves diapers or huggies, right? So, um, so that's not a place to seek out wisdom. And here is, here is um, something that I've just, as a mom, and I think in every other area of my life that I pursue is that when my kids were babies, I found somebody who had early elementary children who acted like I wanted my kids to act like when they were elementary. They were kind, they followed direction, they seemed to um, be obedient as much as a five or six year old can be. Kind of their, their kids acted in a way that I wanted my kids to be. So I, I pursued them and I said, tell me what you did. How did, what did you do with the terrible twos? What did you do when they were three? How did you handle all of that? And I, I talked to them and I, I gained wisdom. And then I applied it to their life. Um, then when my boys were in elementary school, I, I looked to someone who had teenagers who were respectful and who were pursuing the Lord. And so then I go to their parents and I say, okay, how did you get teenagers to act like that? Why is, why is raising teenagers so much fun for you? How did you get that? And so I, I, I took advice and, I, and so I applied it. So I always look for somebody who's further along and has something that I want has the kind of fruit that I want. Um, and so even now, as, as my boys are 13 and 15, um, and I think Dave shared, our pastors are a huge influence on how we parent. Um, and mainly because they have amazing kids who love the Lord and who are pursuing things of God. And I, that's what I want for my boys, more, more than anything. And so I say, to how did, what did you do? And, I, and I, when I'm with them, I ask them, you got any good advice for me? Um, recently, we were with... Um, the Jenkins, um, John and Helen, they have three boys they raised as pastors. They were pastors. They raised three boys. All three of them love Jesus with all their heart. And I said, what can, I mean, what can you tell me? And, and I still, I, I will do that. And probably when my kids are grown and out of the house, I'm going to find some of you who have great kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids and say, now what do you do? <laughs> what do I do now? Because I'm seeking wisdom. I want to I find wisdom from people who have been there and done that and who have the fruit to show for it. Um, Even as I uh, decided to homeschool my children, I I found people who had homeschooled children in college, graduated, have careers. Those are the people I sought advice from because I want, not advice, but wisdom. Um, You can get advice from anybody. I mean, you can can ask Siri for advice. and Alexa, and Google. All of those guys will give you advice, but you have to seek out wisdom. And, and, and then you want it to line up with God's word, and it's so, so important. And here's something else to remember on this, is be careful who you let speak into your process, because they don't have to live with the consequences. So, so be careful who that is that's speaking into your process. Um, it, it makes all the difference. And, and I, you, you wanna think that you know what you're doing, but we really don't. There, there's so many things in life that um, even now, Dave and I have been married 20 years, and uh, Nathan just went through a personal finance class for, for teenagers. And I was like, man, if somebody would have told me that 20 years ago. <laughs> um, you know, we still need wisdom. We're still looking for that. And so don't ever think that you have gained all the wisdom that you can gain. Um, and if you are further along and you see um, you know, if you've got kids or you're just further along in life and, and, and kind of have been successful in some areas and you see some younger people coming along, take them under your wing, love on them, pour into their lives. Um, you know, you don't want to just go around giving people advice who aren't asking for it. But if you're doing life with people, man, it just comes naturally. And it is so good. So, it's, so to gain wisdom and to give wisdom. Um, <clears throat> something that, um, that I've learned... Um, as a mom, is is just um, taking in all the blessings of life. Um, And really, kind of, blessing can be blurred with busy. Um, You know, when I was in college and had to write papers and had to study for exams, and I was working full-time and doing college full-time, I thought I was busy. (laughs) And then I got married, and we got jobs, and we started in ministry, and then I'm like, no, this is busy. And then I had kids, and then we, our responsibility increased, and I thought, okay, no, this is busy. I wish I could go back to college. Um, So it just gets busy. And just when you think like you're not busy, you find out, oh my gosh, I didn't even look at the backside of that to-do list Um, because there's so much to manage and to do. And so, and this is one of these things that God has kind of worked on me recently. And probably this last year, busy was like this word I was hearing a lot from a lot of people, from here and from outside the church and in my family I was even just not too long ago on a phone call and trying to make an appointment and I was being told that I might have to wait because they're just so busy and I was like I don't want to wait because I'm busy too and so just just that word and I was getting irritated and so I was having this moment with the Lord and I was venting to him and I want to just um kind of warn you that if you ever vent to the Lord kind of (laughs) usually he'll kind of help you out but it probably won't be the way you hope that he will (laughs) Um, so I, I was venting to him, and I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm really tired of hearing about busy. I'm, I'm busy too. Like, I have a lot to do. I'm, it's, it's kind of busy, and I just want to tell everybody, like, I just, I just want to go on Facebook and say, y'all want to know what I have to do today? Like, I just had this grrr inside of me, and so, um, so the Lord, in his way, just said, well, why don't you just let's see what's on your plate. Why don't you just write it out? And so I did. I started writing down all the things I had to do. I thought, yeah, God, see, I have to do this, and I have to do this, and I'm responsible for this, and I'm responsible for this. And he said, no, start crossing off the things that you don't want to be a part of anymore. And so I got to start looking at my list, and the Lord dropped the words get to in my heart. And so I realized, like, I get to be David's wife. And so when, um, when he calls me and says, I need you to do this, this, and this, I get to put my to-do list to the side, and I get to do what he needs me to do. I get to do that. Um, I get to be David and, or mean, Nathan and Gabe's mom. Like I, only I get to do that. So that means I get to teach them how to clean and how to cook. I get to help them figure out laundry. I get to plan meals for them and manage our home and keep their schedules. I get to do all of that. Um, I get to pastor here at this church, which means I get to serve in kids ministry almost weekly. I get to do that. Um, I get, to, I get to release my husband to go and be with any of you at any given moment, and sometimes I go with him because we love you, and that's who we are, and that's what we want to do, I get to do that. Some of you get to do homework with your kids every night. See, we live in a country where um, education is a right, but really, there's, there's kids all over the world who, it, it's, they don't get an education, <laughs> and we get it for free. Well. I guess we pay taxes, but anyway, um, that's another. <laughs> that's for another day. Um, we get to deal with the same drama that our kids bring to us daily. Uh, we get to go to our jobs, and we get to be light in a dark world because Jesus is in you and where you are, Jesus goes. <laughs> and so you can walk into a workplace and immediately the presence of God is there and where there wasn't peace, there now is. Um, so you get to do that, um, and and if you think, oh, yeah, whatever, <laughs> keep keep fluffing up the busyness of life, just just um, write your list out and find out, and maybe there are some things that you do need to take off your plate. You don't have any business doing them anyway, Amen. and so change that. And so and I for me, it's it's a change of um, it's my it's my change of perspective. Um, it doesn't mean, I, not one thing did I have I got to take off my plate. There's a few things that I've asked on. Can you please not make me do this? Like, Can I please not get to do this? <laughs> um, but I'm still doing it, and I'm finding joy in it because I get to do it. Um, and, and I, it, Ecclesi, is it Ecclesiastes? Can you read that verse in Ecclesiastes? And I, this kind of puts it into perspective. Sure, um,
0: Ecclesiastes 3, 10 Ecclesiastes 3, verses 10 through 14. I have seen the busyness that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil, this is God's gift to man.
1: So that verse starts out by saying the business that we are busy in, God knows that. <laughs> he's given it to us. <laughs> it's, his, it's It's kind of the plan he's laid out for us. Um, I, I don't I don't um, there are blessings in my life, all of these things I get to do. And then at the end of that verse it says we're to eat, drink, and be merry in our toil. <laughs> that means in all the work that we have to do, to be merry in that and to find joy in it. And you know, you could, you could decide that that's not a word for you and you just want to be busy and then you get to be frustrated and grumpy <laughs> because then you're just busy. Or you can choose to see it as blessings that God has given you with and find joy in it. Um, you know, I, there's the saying that um, if mom ain't happy, ain't no one happy. We, we think it's funny and it is true. There's so much truth in it. But I really hate that. Like, I don't want that to be how my kids remember me. Like, Man, when mom was mad, we were all in trouble. Which, that does happen, by the way. (laughs) It's true. But I don't want that to be the legacy I leave for my kids. That, you know, if if mom didn't have her way, then the rest of us paid. Like, I don't want that to be the legacy I leave. And so it's a choice that I have to make. And I promise you, it's a choice I'm gonna have to make often, that I will take joy in the things that I get to do and in the blessings in my life and not see them as burdens and difficulties. Another area of um, just a, a truth and a principle of God's word that um, I'm really finding revelation in just right now as well. And I think that I've seen, uh, it's, it's grace and holiness. And I've seen these two areas of, of the work of God in my life, but never really connecting the dots between the two. So <clears throat> what I know about uh, being a mom and grace is that I am not going to be perfect at it. So whatever it is that you're doing, your job, in relationships, um, all of those things, we're, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to fail at times. But God's grace is so good and, and I trust him so much that I know where, where I've messed up with my kids or where I've fallen short, I kind of see like their life is like this foundation that I'm building. And, and I I'm not good at it, and I leave cracks behind, but I see the, the Holy Spirit and the grace that God gives just coming in and kind of being like a salve that just kind of fills in those cracks and doesn't just fill them in, kind of just makes them go away and, and brings wholeness to, to places that maybe I've messed up um, as a mom, but also in other areas of my life. Grace is simply getting something that you don't deserve. Um, I've, I've, been, I've received grace from many of you, and I've given grace. Um, I give grace to my children. (laughs) Um, I receive grace from them. And then the Holy Spirit's grace comes. Um, Can you read the verse there under grace and holiness for me?
0: It's Titus 2, verses 11 through 12. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled,
1: upright, and
0: godly lives in the present age.
1: So grace is a training tool to lead us to holiness. So, years ago the church was all about holiness. We were really into that. Um, you know, you dressed a certain way, you acted a certain way. Um, if you didn't attain certain things, you were an embarrassment to your family because there was, this, there was such an emphasis on holiness. And so then the church kinda swung a little bit and now there's this, this idea of grace and, and which is awesome, and I think we've got to find balance. We can't, grace is not um, a get-out-of-not-doing-what-God-has-asked-us-to-do card. We can't live with one foot in the world and one foot in grace thinking that all is well. Now, let me say this. You actually can live like that, but you're going to face a lot more difficulty. You're going to have a harder time. And then you're going to come and you're going to say, but where's God? I'll say, he's right there. But you're not following the things that God is calling you to. And you're not pursuing him. I think that if I were exactly the same kind of mom that I was 15 years ago when Nathan was born, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, if I was the same and I haven't grown and matured and learned, then, then I, I missed it. But even in those times where I make mistakes, there there have been times that I've gone to my kids and said, "You know what? I really handled that wrong, and I'm sorry. So this is the situation. I should have done it this way. I need this from you. And then, but I I, but I but I'm I'm real with them, and I let them know I I totally messed it up. And that's that's taking me to holiness because I'm learning from grace. See, God God covered that in grace but I'm learning from it so I can be better. The word that Dave just read said, grace is there for salvation, but it is training us to be godly, training us to be holy. So grace should move us to holiness. So if, if you're allowing grace to kind of be the band-aid and the cover-up for just, um, for not totally pursuing God with everything, then you're missing it. And, and you're, you're gonna find that life will be difficult. You're going to be 10 years down the road kind of still dealing with and struggling with some of the same stuff. So allow God's grace. Recognize it in your life. It's awesome. It is such a gift. Recognize it. Let it train you and teach you so that you can grow and become more holy and be like Christ. And I'm, I'm, I'm in a season where I'm recognizing that has been so powerful. I, I don't think that I even realized how much His grace has changed me and made me more holy, more like him, more of who he's called me to be. Uh, And the fourth thing that I wanna share with you is trust. This is a big one for moms, letting go. (laughs) We start letting go like as soon as our kids are born. Um, I can remember calling my mom, Uh, Nathan was just a few days old and we're talking on the phone. Now I'm sure hormones had something to do with some of this, a little postpartum, but. I was just crying and crying, and my mom's like, what is wrong? I'm like, well, I've wanted a baby my whole life, and now I have it, and he's going to grow up and go to college. <laughs> and she's like, hold up. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> so, uh, and But here I am. He's 15, and he's, he's, he's planning his future. And, and I'm like, I'm not ready. Um, but there's letting go. We let go. You know, we... Uh, when they're learning to walk and we, they hold our fingers and we walk with them and they're toddling along, right, with their arms up in the air. And, so, and then we let go and we let them walk. And then we've <clears throat> we finally let go and let them feed themselves because, oh, my gosh, is that going to be a mess and we don't want to. so, But we finally let go and we let them do it. Um, I was blessed with a second child who started out very early saying, "I do it, I do it, I do it." And he still says, "Mom, I got it." <laughs> um, so I've had to learn to let go of him quicker because he doesn't want me to hold on. <laughs> um, he's very independent, and so um, you, you have to let go. you know I think of the first time um, that I let my kids go play in the driveway without me being out there, right so but you're kind of standing at the door watching <laughs> making sure they're good um, the first time you let them have a sleepover and go somewhere where you're not going to be with them all night. Um, the first time... Um, well, we're, we're facing a lot of firsts. Uh, I got one with a permit right now. <laughs> so <clears throat> there's some letting go happening there. And for me, it's a huge lot of letting go because I can't teach them to drive because I don't drive. And so I have to sit in the back seat and pretend that I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> and hone my breath so that I don't make any <laughs> or scream or anything. Um, so there's a lot of letting go happening there. Um, we're, You know, Nathan, uh, just being 15, getting ready to be a sophomore in high school, planning his future. Um, I'll tell you what he feels God's calling him to. I have no idea how to get him there. <laughs> I don't even know. But if God's calling him, then we're just going to do our part and we're just going to let God do his thing. And we already see God putting people in his life and 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 we've got people reaching out that know things that we don't know. And we're like, "Okay, let's talk." Um because because if God's calling him to it, I, I can't I can't do it for him. I I don't even know. I he wants to fly planes. Ha, I can't even drive a car. <laughs> so so I, I have to let go and I have to let him pursue the things that God has in his li- for him in his life. So there's a verse in, um, that we all know. What is the second verse? Where is it located? Is it Proverbs or Psalms? Cease striving?
0: Uh,
1: that's Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Cease striving. Okay, that's the verse we all know as be still and know that I am God. Well, I like this version. Cease striving. So in the Hebrew, cease striving means like literally to like drop your hands. Like to let go and be completely just to let go. So some of us see be still as we've got our hands on the will, and so we're still. And we're white-knuckling it, and we're still, we're being still known he's God, but we still have our hands on the will. And we're still holding on, because, because we don't know how to let go and trust. But when you cease striving, when you let go, peace and rest will, will, will overwhelm you. Um, and, and I use this as an example with, with Nathan and pursuing um, his pilot's license and all of those things that he wants to do. And y'all, he wants to fly like fighter jets. So <laughs> I'm this mom is trying to comprehend all of that. So um, <clears throat> if I try to hold on, even with one hand, I, I, could, I could trip him up and, he could, and lead him into failure because I don't have the way of getting him there. Um, I, I've never been that way. Have you ever, have you, has God ever led you down a path? There's been times in my life where the Lord has said, you haven't been this way before, so just come on. And so then I'm like, okay, so I'm going to trust, but I'm going to trust the Lord. I haven't been that way before. You think about the children of Israel when they crossed um, the Red Sea, God parted the waters. and They're like, oh, we see the miracle, and they walk across. And they get to the Jordan River, and he says, just start walking. <laughs> They're like, but the water is rushing. And he says, just put your feet in trust. Take that step. And as they did, the water began to cease. So that's that trust, that letting go. Um, I want to let go of my kids. I mean, I do. I mean, it's hard. Like, when Nathan went to kindergarten, and when Gabe went to kindergarten, I had the real, like, full-on ugly cry. Like, I had to write everything down for David to tell the kindergarten teacher because i couldn 't speak, and I had to keep my sunglasses on because I was crying, and my kids would worry about me all day if they knew I was crying and then I had to like not work that day because i couldn 't i, I couldn 't function they didn 't need me anymore um, <clears throat> so i 'm that mom like i I watched kids graduate from high school right now. And if if I do not keep myself checked, I start thinking about my kids graduating and then I become blubbery and blah. so <clears throat> letting go isn't something that I'm like all about doing. Um, I'm the crying mom. I, I cry at everything. Cause I'm I, I just I, I love what God is doing in their life and I love letting go, but at the same time I'm but my babies are God. Um, <clears throat> I think that there are things in our life that we try to hold on to because we're afraid. Um, because we're uncertain, and you know what, plainly, because we don't trust God. We don't trust that he has our best uh, intentions at heart. We don't trust that, really, I think we should go left, and God is saying, no, go right. We don't trust that he actually sees what is around those turns. But we choose to go left, and then we drive off a cliff, and we crash, and then we say, well, God, where were you? (laughs) We, we, and he says, I, I, I've been riding right here in the back seat. I'm here. And he'll help us pick up the pieces. But if we would just trust him before we make those turns, mm-hmm. we will we'll see such different fruit in our lives. You know, this is the kind of trust that I want to have, and this is what I'm striving for, and I'm going to give you this example. <clears throat> so David's been driving me around for about 20 years or so, or longer. And I've been, I've been riding shotgun, and I'm not afraid. Like, I have, there's no fear. I, I don't... As a matter of fact, if we're gonna be out driving around for more than about 30 minutes, I usually fall asleep. I'm just totally relaxed, chilled. I have me a little neck pillow under my seat. I'm, I, I don't tell him where to go. I don't say speed up. I don't tell him to slow down. I don't say watch out, because I can't see any of that. So, but I'm just, I'm just, but I trust him, right? Because he's, he's driven me for so long. He's an experienced driver. We've never been in an accident. That's been our fault. And so, or his fault. I shouldn't, I shouldn't take responsibility for any of that fault. <laughs> But he's never had an accident that has been his fault <clears throat> that he, and, and he's probably saved us from a lot of crazy people that um, he sees what's coming before so I'm totally relaxed. I, I have no trouble sitting in the back seat taking a nap now put my 15 year old son at the wheel and I have to sit in the back seat now, I trust Nathan. I feel like he really he can drive he's, he's really um, he can handle the vehicle well I'm not afraid that he's going to hit the gas instead of the brake. you know like I, he He knows when to stop. He knows this. He's Him and his dad are talking about things, so I know he's... But what I don't trust is his experience, (laughs) because he doesn't have any. And so I don't have that. So I'm in the back seat, and I'm trying really hard to just chill, like, just be relaxed. Now, I have a double whammy, because not only is my 15-year-old son driving, and I have no control, but I can't see. So I don't know that that bump in the road was supposed to... We were supposed to hit it, or if we (laughs) swerved, or... I'm not sure. I just don't know. And so... So, I'm usually in the back seat. I'm trying to relax because I know Dave's up there and, and he's got it and he's taking care of it, but I am just, I'm nervous. And then, you know, one day we were getting on the interstate and uh, it was the first time I had been in the car with Nathan getting on the interstate and Gabe reaches over and he grabs my hand and he starts squeezing and I'm thinking, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> I didn't know why Gabe was grabbing me. Like, I thought, Is something bad about to happen. <laughs> so, so I just like you know I'm like holding my breath and I'm trying so hard not to do the like sucking in my breath or making any comments. And so I I've I've have done that a couple of times and then so now it's a funny thing and they make fun of me but I want to be in the back seat when God's driving and I want to be like I am when Dave's driving. Like I want to have that. And I'm going to get that way with Nathan, right? Cuz he's gonna, he's going to get some experience and and he's he's going to be a fine driver and I'm not concerned about that. Except for when I'm in the back seat, he's driving. <laughs> um, he's gonna do fine. But I, I want to be, I want to have my neck pillow and be relaxing and chilling and letting God Amen. do it, letting Him take it, letting Him lead me. And and I, I feel like I, I feel like we do that. Dave and I, we try. And there, there are times that you're just not sure, and you really have to like make yourself trust. But that cease striving. I think some of us need to change. The translation that we have memorized, be still and know that I am God. Cease striving and know that I am God. And here's my life verse. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That is my life verse and I have have, um, spoken it over my life and over my kid's life for as long as I can remember. I will trust the Lord in all his ways. His ways are higher than my ways. His plans are bigger than my plans. And, and I'm not always going to understand. I'm not. But I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to know that he's going to direct my path. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Well, thank you, and um, I pray that, that those words will change you and help you come closer to the Lord and to grow and, and to be who he's calling you to be. So I just want to um, invite you all to come out to Muffins with Mom, because we have a lot, and we want you to eat them so we don't have to take them home, <laughs> and to be blessed. If you haven't called your mom today, please do that as soon as possible. Amen. Amen. Yes.
0: All right. Can we thank her? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I'm not a mom, but I feel pretty challenged, inspired Amen. from that, Amen. so thank you. Thank um, you. You have such an amazing way of, of just teaching and rebuking while encouraging and encouraging while just directing to God's word. And so, thank you for, for doing that. Um, and I'm just, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but some of those points I'm like, ooh, my toes are a little sore today. But uh, can we all stand? <laughs> We're going to have Miss Gail and Mr. Larry come on down here. They're going to pray us out of here as we're dismissed today. And like Stasha said, uh, please come on for Muffins with Mom. Also, if you ordered a flower for a lovely lady uh, in your life, please come down here and find it. Um, Oh, I just found one for my mom. I'll take it to my mom. Um, So it was just staring there at me the whole time. That's how I saw it. But I also want to encourage you in this. If you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, let today be that day. And how you can do that is just come down front to Larry and Gail and let them know, you know, today I need to turn my life over to Jesus. I, I recognize that. So um, please be able to, to do that. So uh, let me hand this over to you. And Stasha and I will see you at the back. We love you.